Welcome back to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver. Do you guys hear that rattling? I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, your navigator. And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapy associate, your mechanic. Which leaves you, the listener, in the driver's seat. Put on some tunes and let's roll. Kick us off with the quote of the day, please. Today's quote is from Susan Sontag. Attention is vitality. It connects you with others. It makes you eager. Stay eager. Last week, Don, you said something that intrigued me. You equated love to the behavioral investment of time and attention. I've been thinking about that, and I want to explore it some more. I think what I struggled with was what's the difference between time and attention. And we talked about that already a bit last week. And then that there are, we gave some examples of spending time, but not attention. Um, I believe one was a couple in a restaurant, both looking at their phones and also a father spending time with his children, but doing different activities. And those felt like both negative examples, but I thought there were also some positive examples of spending time together, but not spending attention together. Do you feel like that's true or do you think you have to have the attention for it to be a positive experience? It's not so much positive or negative as it is what creates the feeling of love in another person. So love is a singular word and we use it in a lot of different ways uh, from I love peanut butter to I love my kid to I love my wife or spouse it's not very differentiated. And when people would come to me and they would say, you know, what is love? How, how do I know that I'm in love? What is that? That got me looking at what are the components that go into it? And when it came down to my observations of other people and my observations of my own experience and reading the literature, the simultaneous gifting of time and attention leaves someone feeling heard and understood, or having a better chance of feeling heard and understood. And that, I think, is what the core of love is. There are lots of other things, like you know, being in, in the same room at the same time can be a caring behavior that nurtures the relationship. Doing things because you know about them, because you've paid attention in the past, and doing those things for, for your partner can also be a loving activity or a caring activity but I really wanted to define what are the behavioral components that leave someone feeling truly loved as differentiated from cared for. Kim, do you have anything to add to that? Do you agree or disagree with any part of it? Yeah. So overall, I agree with it. I do think that is a fundamental part of distinguishing your connection with your partner. A popular psychology concept is the five love languages, which are quality time, acts of service, gift giving, positive affirmations, and physical touch. This was developed by Gary Chapman. And those are the different types of connecting with your partner because for some people, the spending quality time together might not be the most important way that they receive love. Uh, it may be important in some ways, but it might not be the most fulfilling. But 
I do believe that attention and time together is how you get to that understanding. The, the spending time and attention to your partner and their needs is really what brings in that understanding of how they experience love. Dr. John Gottman created this idea of love maps, which is kind of this connection, almost treasure map of how your partner experiences the world, what's important to them, likes, dislikes, uh, interactions with others, what makes them feel joyful, sad, angry. Uh, And that takes attention, that takes active communication and time spent together to be able to build. And it's always building. So it's not a static map. You don't create it once and then return to it. You have to go back and check in and make sure. And that is also through more quality time and attention. Uh, You can't just get this by doing an active service and then assuming, oh, hey, my partner likes this or giving a gift and assuming that my partner likes this, right? The assumption is what kills the romance, what kills the love. You have to be able to talk to and engage with your partner. Yeah, the other thing that kills love is uh, giving your partner what your love language is, uh, which sometimes works if you have the same love language and doesn't if if it's not. Here's the part. We use that term, love map, love language. And it doesn't really differentiate well enough for me between caring behaviors, which all of those things are. These are ways that I care for you and know you in the world from what I experience as being loved and loving someone else. And that's the simultaneous investment of time and attention. It doesn't have to be huge amounts, but if I spend just a little time to hear your point of view understand it well, reflect it back to you so that you know that I was there with you and you walk away feeling heard and understood, you will feel loved. You may not equate it to love because that can happen between a boss and an employee. And and I've watched employees walk away feeling like I, I, I was finally really heard. They walk away satisfied, but they may not say that's love. And that's interesting because, you know, now we're going into a very philosophical realm of what is agape, universal love or the caring between human beings. And that's what I was looking for when I defined it this way behaviorally. Hmm. Time and attention. So we live in a very distracted world. How does distraction play into time and attention being the core behaviors of love? Well, I will say that it's very easy to get distracted. As you mentioned, we live in a world of distractions. Even doing this podcast, I've gotten like six text messages while talking with you guys. And it's very easy to have my attention pulled from it. Distractions are a part of your life. You have to choose to engage with people in your life, right? You have to choose to sit, to make eye contact, to make conversation, and to be with the person you're with or the people you're with. It's really easy to get pulled away. Um, So technology has made it really easy to talk to anyone, anytime, almost instantly. You know, that, that leads to a disruption of the communication patterns with the people around you. Is texting someone or messaging them via technology a form of time and attention? Could you show love that way? Or do you feel like it's not the same and it really doesn't equate? I don't think it's the same. 
Uh, I think it is a useful tool in staying connected, but it does not replace the time and attention spent face-to-face. Face-to-face allows you to see the underlying experience, the body language, the tone and swiftness which with they speak, uh, and it's a different layer of communication. It's not just the content of what's being said, it's content with context of what's happening in the environment. So many things get lost across text because it doesn't exist. Someone could be like, hey, and that can be interpreted so many different ways. Or they could be like, hey. Or hey. (laughs) Right. Like this three-letter word can be taken so many different directions. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh! you missed the eye waggles, folks. Right. So they, e- were, they were precious. So e- even a phone call is not going to be good enough because you can't see my eyes waggle. It's better. It's better because you can hear that inflection. But right, face to face, you get to experience the body language of the other person. Um, this is kind of the difference between saying, okay, spelled out as four letters, okay as two letters, or just K misinterpretation <laughs> i prefer okie so getting getting back on topic if you think about feeding the relationship with time and attention there's really good whole food that is organic and hand prepared by you for the other person that's the optimal that's face-to-face communication, both people having been rested, both people really wanting to hear and understand one another. That's the best version. And then there's all the way up to junk food, you know, like ramen noodles in a bag. Um, not kicking those, but you remember from college ramen noodles and hot water. and Heck yeah, they were delicious. Very salty. Very salty. But And, and they got you through, but they didn't really nourish you. They don't have a lot of... Of, of nutrients in them. So when you think about all the different ways that you can interact with someone, how how much quality is there in the food that you're giving your relationship? Meme sharing is the ultimate type of quality love. I thought it was dad jokes. You would. So <laughs> if, all right, so you want to make a choice. You need to make a choice to not be distracted in the relationships No, no, it's not that you need to make a choice not to be distracted. Distractions will happen. It's a matter of noticing that you're distracted and bringing your attention back. Mm. So the whole discipline of mindfulness is about bringing your attention back. It's not about eliminating distractions because that's impossible. We have monkey mind. There are chattering monkeys in our head trying to pull us away from whatever we're paying attention to all the time. Okay, so how do you increase the likelihood of investing time and attention? So number one, finding time where both of you are rested, you have enough nutrients, and have privacy. If your low blood sugar is really sucky around, trying oh, so to now okay, we were talking metaphorically. We were using nutrients as a metaphor earlier, and now we're talking literally well fed. Be well fed. <laughs> And well-rested okay, so that you have the energy to invest in one another, to give that, that quality time with one another. So you have to make sure of those things. How do you do that? Give your first time, schedule time with the people that you love. If you don't schedule the time, it won't happen. You're very busy. I'm very busy. 
I'm doing this podcast. I run a business. All the rest of the things that happen in your world in order to maintain your your uh, credentials and that kind of stuff. And I have wife and kids and friends and people that I want to invest time in. You have friends? Well, maybe. At least acquaintances. From the Don's mouth himself. Right. Has he, friends. We have it on record yeah, now. We do. You're going to have to keep friends. It. Friends. Unbelievable. Well, let's see. If I have friends, if you're a friend of mine, you think you're a friend of mine, I want you to write in at questions at afpsych.com and ask some questions for the podcast. No, you don't have to ask a question. Just you can like if you and want, subscribe. But just state that you're his friend. I want to see how many <laughs> friends this guy has. Because, listener, for those of you who don't personally know Don, this is a man who swears up and down multiple times a year, at least, that he has no friends. So he has now stated, for the record, he has friends. Please continue. I'm sorry. I have no idea where I was. Well, I have more questions. Go ask. Scheduling. I want to talk about scheduling. I think that's interesting. I love scheduling. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Some people really don't like scheduling, but even more broadly than relationships, just for a moment, the things in your life that you want to invest time and attention in, going to the gym, learning a new skill, you have to schedule those too. So you treat this the same for your relationships is what you're saying. Yes. If you are a person who wants to go to the gym, but isn't finding the time to do that, you have to schedule it. The only way you're going to get there is if you say on this day for one hour, I'm going to this place to do this thing every week or every day or whatever. And follow through. Schedule and follow through. And I would say the follow through is the harder part. But I think it's really cool for those of you out there who are good at scheduling and following through on things. This is a great, very concrete way to invest more time in your relationships. Literally schedule the time into your calendar to spend time talking with whoever is significant in your life. Yes. And make it a repetitive thing. The more often you do something on a regular basis, the more likely you are to continue engaging in that behavior. People who create a gym schedule and stick to their gym schedule are more likely to continue going. Whereas if you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, talk for 30 minutes at this time and then it changes each week, it's harder to keep that schedule because it varies so much. Whereas if you and your partner wake up 30 minutes before you need to in order to leave for work on time and sit and have a conversation for 30 minutes over your coffee or your tea or your warm water, whatever you drink in the morning. um, Warm water, huh? It really gets me going. (laughs) That's what got me. I'm sorry. That's what made me laugh, Kim. I wake up, I'm feeling a little sleepy. So I just heat up some water. So like not boiling, that's too hot. It's way too hot. Now, you know, we're going to get listeners who are going to call in and say, that's what I drink in the morning. Why are you criticizing it? I'm not criticizing anything. I was listing it. So clearly someone in this room drinks warm water in the morning sometimes. Uh, Back to your point. If you create it and make it a habit, that's it. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, I get this from couples all the time. You know, we, we can't schedule that. We'll never keep the schedule. But they come in to see me at the scheduled time for appointments. And they do this at work. That's because it costs them money. It costs you life. I know. I'm just saying that sometimes for some people, I think if you explain that, you know, there's a cost here. There's a cost. If you don't do this, there will be 
problems. There will be a, a penalty. Yes. And that's the same for lots of things mm -hmm. to different degrees. If you're trying to learn to play guitar and you're scheduling time for that and you don't do it, the cost is you don't learn to play guitar. Probably not the end of the world. If you are trying to have a healthier lifestyle and you don't schedule time for that, the cost is a little higher. Your health might suffer. If you don't schedule time for your significant other, the cost could be extreme. It is your joy and happiness and this other human's joy and happiness. And, and perhaps little people's joy and happiness. Yeah. And perhaps a lot of resources. The ripple effect. Yeah. Divorce is an expensive deal. Uh, and it tears, tears all kinds of things up in you and in others. So let's go back to how do you do this? If you, if you schedule it, people fight with me about scheduling and they say, you know, love should be uh, spontaneous. That is a myth. It's a myth even when you're dating. So when you're dating, you're actually more scheduled than you will be in the rest of your relationship because you have to coordinate work schedules, travel time, getting to the same place because you're not in the same place to get started and then doing something. So you have to get there on time to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do on your date. You're very scheduled and very methodical about creating space and time to be with the other person and hopefully attention. Again, we're back to this time and attention being the core of building love. And it's where you learn all of the things that are on a love map. It's where you learn the love language of the other person. It's where you learn if this is the person that fulfills you and brings you joy. So if you're wondering, how do I schedule this, right? We all have these, or the majority of us have these very fancy phones that have calendars on them. Set it in your calendar. Give it a reminder. So it's going to pop up. It's going to notify you. It's going to annoy the crap out of you until you pay attention to it. Or, you know, if you have a community calendar in your house with your family and your kids and stuff, schedule it on there. Get a do not disturb sign for your door if your kids like to come and knock. Create Actively create that space and take personal responsibility for wanting to create that space with your partner. Again, the investment here is your healthy relationship, your health and happiness in this dynamic that you have created with this other person. I think this is cool because you can actually use technology to help you pay more attention to the things that are important to you. And the, the, the hardest part there is technology is designed to steal your attention. So you have to be careful, but if you can leverage it to help you focus your attention and be more mindful, it's a really powerful tool. Yep. The thing that I get is in response to scheduling is, but Kim, my business schedule changes every week. I can't do it the same time every time because, you know, sometimes I'm traveling and sometimes I'm not and sometimes I'm here and sometimes I'm there. How do I deal with that? Well, so you have to adapt and overcome. Um <laughs> I am not an X-Men character. <laughs> yes, you are. Your business schedule has to have some level of repetition. Not you can't possibly be doing a different thing every single day of every single year of your entire career. Um, no, but week to week, if I'm in sales or if I'm in uh, technical implementation, I might be traveling to different locations on Monday and Tuesday this week. Next week, it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Right. Sometimes I'm gone for an entire week. How, how much visibility into the future do you have in this schedule? And you're coming to the exact correct points. Because well, I'm very good at scheduling. Right. Well, Send me your schedule problems. I will fix them for you for a small fee. 
right. He should have been an operations manager. I was after I said you have to adapt and overcome. It was about the communication, right? So you're gonna know your schedule at least a week out, typically. And so talk with your partner and work on fitting it in. You know, it might not be exactly the same time, same day, every single week, because that's just what your schedule does. But actively choose to sit down and talk with your partner about, does this work? And if it doesn't work, maybe one week, it's a phone call. Maybe one week, it's a Skype call because you're not home. It's figuring out what's going to work with your partner in order to keep this communication alive. We push a lot the face-to-face in the same space communication, because that is, as Don said, the organic, earthy, wonderful root vegetable of your... <laughs> Would you say it's like a rutabaga? Yes, it's a rutabaga. It's, it's the prime vegetable of your... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I really like vegetables. It's the prime food nutrient. That's what we were using. It's the prime nutrient of your relationship. And... You know, maybe some weeks you're having a Red Robin burger. You know, it's good, but it's not the best thing that you could be eating. And that's what's going to have to do. Coming back to the hearty earth vegetable, (laughs) the, the prime nutrients is wonderful. Get there as much as you can. Right. But also understanding that schedules change, flexibility needs to happen, and approaching your partner with grace and acceptance of what's happening in their life, what's happening in your life, what's happening with kids, family, all of that stuff, and working around it. So this brings us actually to a key thing that will make this easier. You have to make this one of your top values. I I talk with business people all the time Um, And I do a lot of executive coaching and they will rearrange their schedule quickly for key customers or important people for the next phase of what they want to get done in their business. Your family, your partner needs to be the highest person that you will rearrange your schedule for. And if your partner understands that and truly trusts that you will create the time, they will likely be much more flexible with you. When I see people being rigid about this, this concept, it's because they don't trust that they'll get any of their partner's time, that the business will do it or sales will do it or whatever. That's one of the toughest things about scheduling because a lot of people, I think, think about it as, this is my schedule and it must be. I said I would do this for an hour. I must do it for an hour. But you also have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard balance to, to find as well because... Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I've set aside an hour to do a thing and I don't have the energy to do that thing. So I have to find a different thing to do. I don't know. So so that part that part is actually true and flexibility that's the grace Kim was talking exactly. about before. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Um sometimes you've run out of energy. You tried to save the energy but things have happened. That can't be the norm though. Right. If the norm is you really do fulfill your commitments then the flexibility will be there. If the norm is you'll make a commitment with me and break it, flexibility won't be there. Nor will the trust. Yeah, yeah, because you're not being reliable. I think that kind of covers the how do you find a balance, but do we want to talk any more about that? I mean, we're talking about the balance between kind of work and family, your significant other, but there are some other things. I mean, 
Scheduling is important. Values, we just talked about values. The other piece of this is boundaries. Boundaries because really any of these things could take up all of the time that you have. Mm -hmm. And then you can't balance work with uh, paying attention to your children, with paying attention to your spouse, with paying attention to friends or other family members. It requires putting a boundary on it. I I worked with an executive um, once who had kids that were in uh, upper elementary school and into middle school and really wanted to uh, be there for many of their activities. He recognized he wasn't going to be there for all of them, but for many of them. And the challenge was he wouldn't put those activities in his business schedule. And so people would schedule meetings up to and over the time he needed to leave for that. And he was prioritizing those meetings over going to see his kids and then feeling a lot of regret and da 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 So we stuck boundaries in and we got his administrative assistant to recognize what the boundaries were and help him protect those times. He still got all the meetings done. He still got all the work done and was able to get to many of his kids' activities. It's making it a true value that you live and then setting boundaries. And this is, again... Coming back to one of our core themes, starting with yourself, he he had to define that time for himself yes. to be a good father, to be, and it was a thing he wanted. It was a value that he wanted. It also benefits his children, of course, sure. but it's starting with his behavior, his choice, his time. And recognizing the boundaries within yourself, right? So we all run out of energy at some point. And if you are working, you know, a million hours overtime, you're scheduling in time for the kids, you're scheduling in time for your partner, make sure you also schedule in time for yourself. It's one more thing to add in, but it's also really important because you can't present well to your spouse or your partner if you don't have any energy for yourself. There are other good things in a relationship that don't necessarily fit the behavioral definition of love as we talked about it here. Uh, with investment of time and attention. There are caring behaviors. There's other stuff that you can do to show love to a partner, to a relationship beyond time and attention. But the value of combining time and attention is really what creates that feeling of being loved in another person. And that's what we're really trying to get at here in this episode. And also to recognize that there are tons and tons of distractions in our world, tons of commitments, tons of scheduling conflicts, and it's important to create time for the relationships in our life if we want to keep them healthy. Next week, we're going to talk about motivation. What motivates you? How do you know what motivates others? Tune in. Find out. Because we don't know either. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to The Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back next week with our next subject, motivation. What motivates you and how do you know what motivates others? You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. If you have questions or topics you'd like us to consider, or if you need to let us know that you're Don's friend, please email us at questions at afpsych.com. We look forward to finding out how many friends he really has. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology. Come learn to create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. For more information, visit bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back, 
and may the sunshine warm upon your face.